Hey everyone, Pastor Kevin, listen, today I have a word from the Lord that I believe is going to be a blessing to your life, strengthen you in your journey. All of us need a shot in the arm in our faith, and I believe that word today is going to do that. Take the next few minutes, spread the word, tell your friends and family this message is coming on. I'm believing it's going to change our lives, and I want you to hang on till the end. I'm going to come back and pray for your needs, and I believe God's going to touch today. Let's jump into this word and be blessed. I'll be back soon. Good to see you on the last Sunday of 2023, and uh, I believe God's about to close some things because he's about to do some things, and if he's going to do a new thing, somebody got to let him end an old thing, and I just want to declare over you that the best is still yet to come. The devil is still defeated. Jesus is still on the throne. Somebody say amen. Touch your neighbor right now and tell him, neighbor, the best. Oh, come on here. The best is yet to come for you and your whole house. If you believe it, say praise the Lord. Quickly go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Help me welcome the Athens family. Come on, tell Pastor Chris and Amy good morning. We lo- Come on, tell them good morning. Good morning, we love you in Athens. We're grateful for what God is doing in Athens. And they don't have a seat in the house there. We're trying to figure out where to park the people. How many know it's a good problem to have? And uh, we're grateful. I believe this is going to be the year that God gives us an expansion in the Athens campus. Can somebody get an agreement with me that God is going to bless us? and is going to continue to increase what he's doing there. I want to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I want you to look at a passage of Scripture. And I want, where's my friend Chris Moody? Pastor Bishop Chris Moody back there. Help me welcome my buddy Chris Moody. Come on, tell him good morning. It's good to have him with us this morning. Thankful for all the people of God in the room. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to preach and teach this morning on this thought. A season of preparation. Look at your neighbor and tell them we're in a season of preparation. And I know you want me to tell you how many miracles are coming and how much God's about to do and how many know God's ready to do some things. But I want you to know that God what we anticipate coming from God should be matched by our level of preparation. And if you are expecting God to do something, you will not wait aimlessly on God to do it. But I feel like God today wants us to get engaged and involved in the process of what he's up to. And so I want to talk about a season of preparation. Uh-huh. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man the things which God has Come on, prepared for those who love him. That's usually where we stop, but verse 10 says, but God, but God, but God, eye has not seen it, ear has not heard it, neither has it entered the heart of man what God has prepared that tells me that God could actually have things prepared for you that you're not aware of. But God has revealed them to us by and through his spirit. How many know the best friend you have in this new year of 2024 that's coming? The best friend you have is the Holy Ghost. I can't find no help, but I need somebody on every road to act like the Holy Ghost is the best friend that you will have in 2024. Because whatever God is getting ready to do, the Holy Ghost is about to make you aware of it. Can I find some help in this Holy Ghost church on Sunday? So I want to just declare this. We're going to pray. I'm going to teach on a season of preparation, but the Holy Ghost is not your option. He's not like a a topping you put on an ice cream. He's not even a denominational item that some denominations have and some, the Holy Ghost is not an option. You need the Holy Ghost to get to heaven. I need the Holy Ghost to go to the Walmart. I need the Holy Ghost at the red light with all the people crazy driving on the street. Y'all are looking at me funny, but anybody know that the Holy Ghost is the best friend you'll have in 2024? God has some things prepared for you. You could actually live your life, your eye never seeing, your ear never hearing, your heart never even perceiving what God has prepared. 
but the Holy Spirit, I feel him in this room today, is going to reveal it to you. And you look at your neighbor one more time and tell him, neighbor, in Jesus' name, what God has prepared for you, you will not miss it. I can shut the whole thing down right there. You are not going to miss it. You might have missed it in the past, but you are not going to miss it this year in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, help me. Help the people. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation with which we will teach, preach, and hear and receive the word of God. I thank you that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Surrender my life, my heart, I give you my ears to speak to and my mouth to speak through. Have your way and let Jesus be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said amen. amen. You can be seated. Let me talk to you for just a few moments. I, I think I shared it here perhaps the last Sunday before I got sick that uh, I was in my backyard a couple of uh, six, eight weeks ago and I was doing some work uh, in the backyard and uh, I got this little speaker thing that, you know, you can put a soundtrack on and listen to music while you're working or whatever. And suddenly a song came on I had never heard before. C.C. Winan sang it. And it was on some Christmas album I didn't even know existed. It says, something's happening. Something glorious is happening. Something more for us is happening. And I got a sense, I put my shovel down and my, took my gloves off. I felt the presence of the Lord come on me. I felt like God was beginning to put a seed of faith in my heart for my house, for your house, for this house, that God is doing something and something is happening in the spirit world for our lives. Now, I want to tell you this, uh, that entire thought kept, materializing a couple of days after I had that little encounter with God, I went to a wedding. It's the first wedding in a long time I've been able to go to that I wasn't officiating. And I was just sitting there with my family and I was looking at Jaron and he was, you know, getting ready to get married. So he was real, oh, you know, so excited. <laughs> and uh, I was watching him stand there and we stood there and sat there for minutes and minutes and we delayed it because we were waiting on people to get there. And suddenly the bride stepped out of the room and Abby began to walk down the center aisle. And the spirit of God began to work in my heart about this whole thing uh, that I wanna talk to you this morning about preparation. Because when I saw Abby coming down the aisle, Jaron was staring, staring at her and was mesmerized by her beauty. And I thought, after all this waiting, she's ready. This is going to be wonderful. And I heard the Lord whisper to me, my bride is about to get ready. I don't know if we'll do anything else in the year of 2024 except bridal preparation. Because Jesus has not waited for 2,000 years to be to be joined to his bride and the bride not be completely infatuated and fascinated with the groom. He's not coming back after a bride shacked up in the back seat with the world having a fling on Sunday but not acting like they know who he is Monday through Saturday. The father has prepared the bride and we're coming into a season of preparation. The Bible says in the book of Jude that he will present, God the Father will present to Jesus the bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish with exceeding great joy. Let me help you understand something. When the wedding happens, we're not going to be wearing tattered garments, walking down the aisle, second guessing. I don't know if I want to put, you know, spend my whole, let me tell you something. We're going to spend eternity with Jesus. And what we are in right now is preparation for what God is about to do while the ages roll. And I do believe that we misunderstand the nature of what God does in our lives because sometimes we think that whatever God does in his sovereignty, he has decided and he has 
predetermined these things from the foundation of the world, and he's going to do them no matter what. And how many would agree with me he is immutable, he is sovereign, he doesn't ask my permission, he doesn't ask your permission, he doesn't ask anybody to get, uh, it, it, he doesn't ask anybody to get on his page with him, and, and, and how do y'all feel about what I'm getting ready to do in your life? God has a predetermined will and a specific set of things he wants to accomplish in every one of our lives, but sometimes I think we think that happens with or without our compliance and agreement. The reality of it is whatever God is about to do in your life, you and I must be in agreement and must be prepared for what he has prepared for us. And sometimes we say, well, I'm waiting on God. And I want to tell you right now that the miraculous and the supernatural and the, and the intervention and the activity of God in your life, while you will never produce it in your strength, you can hinder it without being prepared for it. You can actually delay some things from happening in the, in the season that they are intended to happen because you and I are not prepared for what God wants to do in my life. And I've just made up my mind on the last Sunday of the year, I'm going to embrace a season of preparation because whatever God has for me and my family and my house and our church and you and your family and your house, whatever he has, I have, in, I have made up my mind by the grace of God, I am not going to miss it. Paul tells us that there are things that God has prepared for those that love him, but eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. And what he's painting for us is a, is a stark reality. It's a picture that God can actually have some things ready, some things prepared, some things set in order. But if we don't have a revelation of what God is getting ready to do in our life, if we're not prepared and if our heart is not engaged and if we are not anticipating and demonstrating the kind of faith that, that, that says, God, we know you're up to something. You are doing something. Something is happening in my life. You, don't, you will not sit by in 2024 thinking that God is willing to move in everybody else's life, but that you have done too much to, to disqualify you from God doing something significant in your life. If I don't do anything else, I rebuke the devil and the lie. He is telling you that tells you you've done too much you've gone too far God's thrown you away put the devil out of your mind and under your feet this morning because I know the thoughts I have for you says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you a future and a hope and I don't know who I came to preach to today I just want to tell you and your whole family God is about to reveal by his Holy Ghost what he has prepared for you and the devil will not be able to stop it. Something is happening. God is preparing things for his people. But you and I are going to have to know that whatever God has prepared for us is significant. He said in Psalm 23, thou preparest table before me in the pre now let me tell you what I'm not preaching by preaching this I'm not telling you God's getting rid of all your enemies in fact you're gonna need an enemy to hang around because he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemy. I believe this, and I'm not talking about people, because how many know we don't wrestle flesh and blood? We wrestle principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. And I recognize sometimes that those personalities that we associate in our mind with as our enemy, they've done so much against us that we think that person is the enemy. Friend, let me tell you, you gotta grow up in 2024 and stop wrestling flesh and blood, and you gotta see it for what it is. It's not just a hater eating hater chips, drinking haterade, and eating hater tots that don't like you. It's a devil that doesn't want you to move forward. It's a spirit that's trying to attack your peace and when you stop praying against people and start praying against the enemy, God will dismantle the authority of the spirit and the people won't be able to mess with you. Oh God. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
God prepares things for those that love him. The Bible said in Jonah 1-7, God prepared a whale for Jonah, a big fish, a great fish for Jonah. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. God prepares things for his people. Many saints have embraced the notion that if it's for me, it's easy. If it's going to happen, it's going to be easy. Sometimes God says, dig a ditch. Why would God send you water if you have nothing prepared to hold it? Why would God tell the woman to go get a whole lot of vessels and don't get just a few? Because as much room as you have, I'll fill every empty thing with more of my oil. Y'all not helping nobody today. I want to tell you this right now. What you prepare for in 2024 is going to dictate what God is able to do for you. I am not preaching to you works. I am telling you God does not pour out wine in a skin that can't contain it. He will not waste his precious own people in our lives if we have not prepared for what he's about to send. So the Bible says, that God prepares things for those who love him. And what do you do when you start hearing things? I started thinking about this yesterday, seeing things. People think you're crazy. How many have ever heard of this frequency test? And you can listen to these frequencies, and, and I almost brought it to do it in the room today, but I didn't want to freak people out. But... Devin said, come in here and do this little test with me. I said, I don't want to do no tests. I did my last test when I graduated from college. I am through testing. She said, no, no, I want to see how old your ears are. I said, my ears are fine. She said, do this test with me. So they play this sound, and it starts on this frequency uh, meter at a very, very, very high pitch that a child can hear. And it keeps dropping in frequency. And at some point, what you couldn't hear, you begin to hear. You say, oh, I hear a frequency. And then it goes off the frequency list and it's over. But it shows you, this, this little metric shows you how old your hearing is. So you close your eyes and you have somebody watching. And Devin's standing there, I'm standing there, and I don't hear nothing. And all of a sudden, Devin's like, I hear it. I hear it. I'm like, you lie. You don't hear nothing. She said, no, I hear it. I hear it. So we rewind it, did it again. I closed my eyes. Nothing. The first moment I heard it, I lifted my hand. You know what it told me? It said my ears were 49 years old. I said, the devil is a liar. Her, she could hear the frequency of a 29-year-old person. She ain't 29. She's a bit older than that. But she could hear the frequency because her ears, listen to me, her ears picked up on it before my hearing picked up on it. And the Lord was speaking to me last night about preparing for things that you're hearing that nobody in your house is hearing. Preparing for things that God is about to do because you don't look at me funny. The prophet said, I hear a sound of an abundance of rain, and you need to go get in your chariot and hurry up because just because you don't see it with natural eyes and hear it with natural ears doesn't mean God isn't about to fill the sky with rain. I feel like telling somebody today, you are hearing stuff, and people in your circle are not hearing what you're hearing. But I tell you right now, if you're hearing it, ignore what they're not hearing and get ready for what God is telling you. Somebody has been waking up in the middle of the night because you're hearing stuff. Look at your neighbor, tell them I'm hearing things. I know it. I know I seem crazy, but I'm hearing things. I know I seem a little bit off my rocker, but I'm hearing things. I'm hearing that everything is going to be all right. I'm hearing that God is about to make my house the head and not the tail. I'm hearing cancer is about to get out. I'm hearing depression is about to get lifted. I'm hearing things. That's how I know who's heard something. People who've been hearing the Holy Ghost don't come to church and sit up like a wooden Indian. If you've been hearing things, you say, yes, God, thank you for this confirmation. I'm not losing my mind. I'm hearing something from the Holy Ghost. Look at your neighbor, tell them I'm hearing things. I'm seeing things. The Holy Ghost is talking to me. I'm preparing. 
I'm getting ready. I don't want to miss what God is about to do in my life. I'm going to give you this. Preparation is an act of faith. Think about that. Preparation is an act of faith. Tell me a greater demonstration of faith than a person who prepares for something that has only been initiated because God said it was about to happen. And when God says it's about to happen, you start preparing like it's about to happen. Dig a ditch. I just said it, dig a ditch. Who digs a ditch when you need rain? God said, you're not gonna see it rain. I'm gonna bring in water from a different source. But if you're gonna keep, this is in 2 Kings 7, if you're gonna keep what I'm getting ready to give you, you gotta make space for it. I'm gonna pay your tax bill, Peter. I'm gonna pay the bill, but you gotta go fishing. We want miracles without any involvement. We want supernatural without any preparation. We want a different outcome without a greater prayer life. I'm getting ready to say some things right here. I want to decree this over you. Prayer is not for five sweet widows who are retired and have nothing else to do but meet, gather, drink coffee, and pray for the church, and everybody else live off their prayer life. I got three amens, two old me's, and some people just checking out right now. Intercession is about to become the order of the day. We will not survive living off other people's prayers in the days to come. We're going to need to press in. Look at somebody, tell them press in. Now, let me, um, let me get, let's, let me get out there for a minute and something. I, I told you this uh, several months ago. In fact, it was September on my birthday it happened. We come into Rosh Hashanah, the Hebrew year of 5784. Does anybody remember me talking about that briefly? I talked about it one Sunday, the year of 5784. And I talked about how the year 5784 was the year of the delay or the year of the door. How many remember we talked about that? Okay. So let, let me take that one step deeper because I felt like God told me to do something in service today in the middle of a sermon. The year of the door. The door that is the image that is associated with the year of the delay or the year of the door. The door is a door that is pinned at the top of the tent. It is not a door like has the hinges like you and I have. What the picture literally is is, is a door that is attached to the top of the tent and it can open and swing and open and swing back. Watch this. You actually walk in through the door and then when you come all the way in, the door closes, okay? Just get the pictures. Yes, thank you, Lord. Imagine, I'm like a bull and this is the little thing you run through, okay? Now, imagine you walk through the door and when you come all the way in, then the door closes behind you. Okay, so, so you're getting ready to step into a new year, but you can't until you make sure the door closes on what's behind you. This is not just a year of open doors because how messed up would we be if we allow some doors from the past to remain open and the enemy to continue to have access into our future. Lord, I'm getting ready to say something. What a nightmare it would have been if God brought Israel out of Egypt, took them to a Red Sea, but didn't shut the door on Pharaoh. And when they got to the Red Sea, the elders looked at Moses and said, wish we would have died in Egypt. And God was saying to Moses, I didn't bring you to this Red Sea to kill you. I brought you to this Red Sea as a door to slam on the enemy that for 400 years has been chasing you and your mama and your grandmama and your great-grandmama. And I am about to slam a door shut. In fact, he, I feel like preaching here. He told Pharaoh. He told Moses, he said, this enemy that you have seen, you will see no more now and forever. I started reading after the Red Sea and I can't find Pharaoh anywhere after the Red Sea. 
see because if you mess with God's people long enough God will roll up his sleeves he'll slam the door shut on the enemy I feel like I feel like God is about to slam some doors shut on generational spirits of depression suicide lack and poverty you are not gonna die you are gonna live and declare the work of God yeah so so at 10 10 in Athens and Cleveland in at 10 10 a.m on 12 31 23 Here's what I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me in prayer this week. He said, I want you to shut the door on some things that have been opened and stayed open and the enemy has tried to create access through that open door. He said, I want you to shut it today. So this is going to be weird for some of y'all, but it is what the Lord told me to do, so I'm going to obey God. I heard the Lord said, lead them in a prayer in the middle of the service. Lead them through a prayer of coming out of agreement with their enemy. We're getting ready to shut a door because some torment some of y'all have been feeling is because you've given a place to the enemy. And Paul said in the book of Ephesians, give no place. Come on, tell your neighbor, take that place back. Come on, take that place back. If you gave the enemy a place, this is the moment, this is the morning, you and I are going to take that place back and tell the enemy you ain't standing in that place no more. God, I feel this thing. I want to do this. I want to do this. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying, I'm trying not to be excited. I need to calm down here because I don't want to miss this. But I want you to, I want you to stand with me right now. Stand in Athens right now. Stand with me. I, I am not here to point out, I'm not here to criticize, rebuke, or to shame anybody. But I'm gonna tell you, there's some stuff that has hindered you in 2023 that will not hinder you in 2024. There are some enemies that have had permission to come into your life and wreak havoc and take your peace and take your joy and take your sleep and he's trying to have access into your marriage, trying to have access into your children's life. Here's what I heard the Lord say. Tell my people that the enemy needs their agreement to prevail against them. The enemy cannot do what he wants to do against you or I without our agreement. He cannot do what he wants to do in, your, in our life without our alignment with his agenda. So this morning, this is going to be real simple, and I'm not trying to create anything. I'm trying to obey God, but we're getting ready to see a door shut because God is about to do something in our life, and he's not going to do it and allow the enemy that has generationally been hindering you and your house. It is shutting today, and every place that the enemy has attempted to take, we're getting ready to take that place back in Jesus' name, somebody say amen. So I want you to say this right now. I want you to just close your hand, eyes. You can lift your hands. You can put them on your heart. You do whatever you want to do. I want you to say this with me. I cleanse my heart. I cleanse my hands. And I cleanse my mind of all agreement with my enemy. Say this in Jesus' name. I want to hear you, Athens. I want to hear you, Cleveland. Say, in Jesus' name, I come out of agreement with the enemy. I come out of agreement with every demonic voice. I come out of agreement with every demonic agenda. I come out of agreement with every demonic assignment that is contrary to the voice of God. Everything that is contrary to the plan of God. For my life, I renounce it, I reject it, I break the covenant I made with it, I reject every version of my life that ends in defeat. And today, I'm coming in to agreement with the word of God over my life, his word. Says I'm healed. His word says I'm free. My house shall be saved. My children shall be saved. Save. 
to be a year that is worthy of preparation. Something's happening. What might happen, just stay standing, what might happen for you is what God did for a man named Isaac. I mean, no, it's a crazy world out there. Interest rates, gasoline, Diesel, Lord have mercy, Cheerios. I ain't had a donut in a while, but last I heard they was going up. The Bible said in Genesis 26, in a year of famine, I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now. In a year of famine, turn some lights on in this, in this altar. I'm getting ready to walk around a while. In a year of famine, Isaac sowed, and the Bible said God blessed him. In a year of famine, it actually said this he went forward. Lord have mercy. And I got a picture of something. Had it not been a year of famine, they could have they could have appropriated the the blessing to the economy he was in but when you're in a messed up economy and God still blesses you when you're in a messed up economy and you still move forward then whenever it happens can't nobody take the credit for it but God uh -huh. look at your neighbor and say hey neighbor what God is about to do for you Tell them I can't get the credit for this one because God is about to bless some people and I'm not just saying this. I'm telling you it had to get adversarial. It had to get like, it, it had to look like the odds were against you because I truly believe if you put God first and prepare, God is about to bless you in such a dimension that no one can take the credit for it but God. Tell your neighbor, say, we're moving forward. I'm going to say it like this. I don't need the permission of American economy to move forward. You are standing in a church in the middle of the housing bubble burst crisis of 2008. We built our second building. Everybody, I never will forget this as long as I live. Stay standing. I'm through preaching, but I'm going to preach some more. Let, let, 
We were trying to build a building. I see Aaron and Rebecca Franklin back there and their babies, they were with us back then. I see a number of faces and precious people. Miss Linda and Jim, you were back there then and we were trying to build a building and nobody would lend us a dollar because we were a church and it was a horrible economy. The last person that came through the doors, five banks told us no. We were exploding in growth. God was blessing everything. I just needed two and a half million dollars to build a building big enough so that we didn't have hundreds of people standing out in the parking lot in the cold because we couldn't fit everybody in the building. The last banker who came in is a banker in this city. He walked in, he's a deacon at the First Baptist Church. Think about that. A Baptist and a Pentecostal, glory to God. He walked in, he did this. Richard Burnett, Richard Burnett, he said, I feel God. And I stood up from my desk. I said, thank you, Lord. A Baptist can feel the Holy Ghost. True story. I said, you feel God? Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me, tell me, tell me. He said, I feel God. God's in this. I said, Richard, here's all the financials. We need a miracle. Nobody's lending churches money right now. He says, I'll talk to you in a few days. He called me back. He said, you're not going to believe this, but the board says we're going to go with it. In the middle of a famine. Watch, 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 watch. I didn't know this till later, but he actually put his entire job on the line for our church. And they told him, if this church defaults, you're not going to have the job you have. Okay, wonderful. Thanks, Rich, for what you did for the Lord and the kingdom. Hallelujah. But he was also the first person I called when I pulled over on the side of the road and said, Richard, you're not going to believe this. Thank you for lending us the money a couple of months ago. And next week, we were about to start paying principal and interest on the loan. The building is done, and it was about time to pay the P&I payment. But Mr. Burnett, I want to let you know we're not going to be paying no interest. What, what you mean, Kevin? I need to tell you that yesterday God gave us four million dollars and I'm getting ready to burn the whole note. Y'all don't hear what I'm telling you. You're standing in a house that did not wait on the permission of this earth when you got a word from the Lord, when you got a yes from the Holy Ghost. You can move forward. Why don't you grab your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, I'm tired of being stuck. I'm ready to move Try not to just be excited here, but somebody needs to get involved in what God's about to do in your life. Something's happening. Something wonderful is happening. Something glorious is happening. Jesus, it's happening. Something's happening. Something wondrous is happening. Something more for us is happening. Jesus is happening. Throw your hands up and just decree that over your family. Something's happening. Something wonderful. Something glorious is happening. Jesus, it's happening, something's happening, something wonderful is happening, something glorious is happening. Randy, I just keep feeling drawn to you, sir. Throw your hands up, church, and worship Jesus all over this room. Just worship him for a minute. Hallelujah. Something's happening. Something wonderful is happening, Jesus. Lord, I bless this man of God. Glorious. 
I see a glass ceiling shattering. It's like a lid that's been on top of you. You felt it right there. It's coming off. You're not going to miss it. You're not going to miss it. He's all around you. It's already happening. You're not going to miss it. Oh, my Shia. I cancel every assignment of every word that vexed your heart. And I'm telling you now, the psalmist in you is about to live again. The psalmist. I'm not talking about the preacher, the bishop. I said the psalmist. When you were singing songs and nobody heard you, but God heard you, and he said, I'm about to unlock that psalmist thing out of you again. And I'm going to tell you right now, the enemy told you it didn't work, but I want you to look at your children and your grandchildren. Every song you sang, every declaration you made, he heard it. And I'm going to tell you, the, the years, the years you have remaining on this earth will be filled with joy. Joy, joy, joy. Joy, come here, sweetheart. Come here, get his wife. Come here, bring, come here, sweet lady. Come here, princess. Just lift your hands and worship him, church. Just lift your hands and worship him. I didn't plan any of this. I didn't know they were coming. I'm in the middle of preaching and I saw his face and God said, I want you to tell them to come out of agreement with everything that the enemy has tried to tell them about their past and their future. And today that glass ceiling is shattering and joy is getting loosed in the whole house. I bless this whole house. I bless the whole house. God is not finished with you yet. And what he's doing for this house, he's going to do it for your house. Somebody begin to lift up praise all over this room right now. Break every glass ceiling. Break every word. Every vexing word. I speak life. Oh God. Hallelujah. Somebody start putting hallelujahs up in the atmosphere. Do it in Athens. Do it in Cleveland. Somebody start saturating the atmosphere with high praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Preparation starts right now. Preparation starts right now. Some of you need a new praise for what God is about to do. Put it in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. Let me... Let me say this to you about January. Because we don't just do stuff of preparation in January. All year long, we'll keep the fire burning. Somebody say amen. But I do believe the first month of this year is an opportunity to, to set a trajectory, to establish a new trajectory for your personal life, your family, your home, our church. I'm not going to miss the opportunity to prepare. Some of us have been sitting on the sideline waiting on God to do whatever God's going to do. And God said, I prepared some things, but it's going to take the Holy Ghost for you to be revealed to you. And when you hear what I got in store, just let it happen. Stay prepared. Tuesdays, I'm calling on push Tuesdays. Look at your neighbor, push your neighbor and say, push Tuesdays. Push Pray until something happens. Some of you have never been to a prayer meeting in your life. You don't even talk to God. We're going to learn how to pray this year. Let me, let me give you some promises God gave me. I'm not being critical when I say that. We just haven't talked a lot about prayer in today's church. But Jeremiah 33, 3 said, call unto me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things you didn't know about. Book of James says, you have not because you ask not. It said, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man and woman avail much. So here's what we're going to do. I got some real strategic, targeted things I want us to pray for. On every Tuesday of this month, January, forthcoming. 
If you can't come in the evening, come at 7 a.m. If you can't come at 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. in the evening, I want you to get here at lunchtime. Somebody will be here, and on this screen are going to be prayer directives, and we're going to start with our families because in 2024, we're going to be standing and sitting beside the very children that the devil said have gone too far. They're not gone too far. They're not gone too far. In 2024, we're going to see our children get close enough to God. Their tears are going to flow again. Their heart is going to be sensitive and tender toward the things of God. We're going to pray for our families. We're going to pray for our church and for our community and for our nation. I heard the Lord say to me, I'm going to intervene in this nation. And there's some people in here say, well, he's not an American God. No, but he cares about America. He's a God of all nations, but how many know America is a nation his eye is upon? Somebody say amen. And here's what we're going to do. The last week of this month, on the 28th, I need you to put these dates in your calendar. They're very important to me in this house and for what God wants to do in your life. On the 28th of January, is that right, Pastor Chris? The last Sunday night, Ryan, is that right? The last Sunday night, we are all from Cleveland, from Athens, from Chattanooga, from Tullahoma. Come on, give some love to God for Tullahoma. I said, somebody help me praise God for the camp. That camp is getting ready to open in a couple of days. Listen to me. On the 28th, that night is a Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Did we say 6 or 5? I thought 5 too. But if it ain't 5, I'll tell you next week. Whatever. Put it on your calendar. The 28th, that night, we're all going to gather together in Chattanooga as one big family. And on that night, me, Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris Horvath and Crystal, Pastor Chris and Amy Ryan, we are going to lay hands on every single family in our church. I heard the Lord say, put a blessing on every house. It may take us an hour and a half, but we're going to lay our hands on every person's head and speak a blessing from God over every family on the 28th. Look at your neighbor say the 28th of January. Here's the last thing I want to tell you. On that last week of January, every year we've done this. I don't have time to testify of the faithfulness and the miracles God has worked. But we're going to set the trajectory of our year with our first fruit offering that we give in every January. You don't need to do it today. You don't need to do it next week. It doesn't need to be a $5 bill you put out of your pocket and gave because you say, oh, I found that. It, I'm talking about an offering that says to God, for the rest of this year, everything I have, I'm asking you to put your favor on all that belongs to me in my house. How many want God to favor you in your house for the entire year? And you want to say to heaven, you are my source. I can't find no help in here. You are my source. This will be a tumultuous year for some. But for those who live in the covenant of the kingdom of God, I believe the light will stay on in Goshen. You and your house will be blessed. I just want you to begin to pray. Here's how I want you to pray. Lord, you give seed to the sower, so put seed in our hand so that on that last Sunday night, that whole last week, if you can't make it to Sunday night, the whole last week, we're going to bring a first fruit offering from our family, from our business, from everything that we have given to God. We want God to bless it, and we want to demonstrate our faith by preparing and putting seed in the ground. So that's going to happen the last week. I need you to get engaged in prayer and preparation for what God wants to do in your life. Lift both hands. Let me bless you today. I know this service was a little different, but different is good. Lord, something is happening, and you are the one who will perform it. And I pray that we will not miss it or delay it because of a lack of preparation. We're going to dig ditches. We're going to get our hearts ready. We're going to engage in prayer. We're going to be committed to praying for our lost loved ones, our children and our parents and our best friends in school who are not, they're not what right. They don't know you love. We're gonna to begin to bombard heaven 
so that those closest to us can know the love of God. Bless the people today with a spirit of preparation. Somebody just, while your hands are lifted, God let a grace of preparation come on the house right now. Some people who've never been in prayer, they've never prayed. They don't, they don't even value it yet, Lord. Start, start answering prayer. Oh, take them deeper than they've ever been. Lord, those little whispers that they've been asking you for, just start, just start doing it, Holy Spirit. Just do it. Do it in Jesus' name. And the people of God said amen. Listen, I love you all. Shake hands with everybody. Hug everybody. On your way out, we got some stuff. Put a hat on. Get a, a noisemaker. Blow it all the way to the car. Announce to the devil he's under your feet. I love you. If you want to go to church tonight and you're looking for a place to go, it's a drive, but it's worth a drive. The church family is going to join Amanda and Aaron Crabb up at Restoring Hope Church in Nashville. And I want to invite all of you there. You can put it in your GPS. Get there. They're starting at... 9 p.m. Central, which is 10 p.m. Eastern. I know it's late. Drink some coffee and get there. We love you. I bless you. Go in the peace of the Lord in this season of preparation. Hey, family, I believe God is touching hearts right now. The preached word of God causes the lost to come to Christ. I believe someone's watching. Maybe you feel a million miles away from God. Maybe you've been in church. Maybe you've never been in church. Listen, I want to tell you that it doesn't matter where you are in life right now. If you want Christ to save you, no matter what you've done and no matter how long you've been doing it, if you'll turn your heart to him, he'll save you right now. I want to lead you in a prayer. Say, dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I'm asking you to save me from my sin. Save me from myself. Lord, come in and be the king of my life. I give you my past, my present, and my future. And I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to rescue me today. In Jesus' name, by faith, I believe that I'm saved and a child of God. Amen. Listen, friend, I know that's a simple prayer, but I believe with all of my heart, salvation is as simple as turning from sin and turning to Christ. If you did that today, I want to pray that God give you a strong Bible-believing church. I want you to go to KevinWallace.tv, learn how the resources that we have can help you in your journey. Listen, we want to pray for you. Drop us a line on the prayer request. Let us know you gave your heart to Christ, and our team's going to be praying for you this coming week. You're going to get stronger. You're going to grow deeper in your love for God. You're going to become everything He put you on this planet to be. I'm praying for you. I love you. I'll see you next week. God bless.